Welcome back to The Witching. My name is Julia, and I'm here with my co-host Shay, as always. And today we're going to be talking about, well, Shay's going to talk about the ham- the, le- the legend of the Hammersmith ghost. Yeah. So this week we wanted to do a true crime episode, but I, I just have to be different. And I I just had to choose something that was like out of the ordinary. So this, the legend of the Hammersmith ghost is um, a ghost that tries <laughs> to kill people. So this is like an app. <gasps> yeah, it was. Uh, it's like an apparition that actually touches you and like tries to strangle you. Really? So. Oh, wow. I didn't I don't know anything about this. So that's cool. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So to begin. Um, to begin in the beginning (laughs) uh okay so in december okay so first of all this takes place in hammersmith england and it's a smaller town on the outskirts of london england in december of 1803 villagers claimed a ghost covered in a white shroud so the most generic, <laughs> most yeah, looking ghost. Um, okay, was did he have eye holes cut out? Honestly, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, there's a couple of like uh, pictures that I saw on the website where I was getting the information from. On um, I think mm-hmm. it was BBC, um, and uh, he's he's like dressed in like almost like a, an old jester outfit like he has a cape but it's like a shroud and um he has white like tights and then on his head he wears like an elf hat or like a gnome hat like like a dunce cap and it's also white (laughs) so like you can see his face but maybe not i don't know but that's how they depict him in Mm. the pictures and the picture is dated 1824 so so he has a pointy pointy hat yeah it's absolutely terrifying (laughs) oh because i'm gonna have to look at it you know why (laughs) so (laughs) yeah he was covered in a white shroud was confronting travelers and in some cases physically attacking them um the ghost was reported to appear as uh the church bell struck one o'clock in the morning and hmm. quote the specter seemed to flit along the fields adjacent flit. to the black lion lane uh black lion hmm. lane is just a street uh that's fairly close to saint paul's uh cathedral so how do they know it wasn't like a real person so like under a sheet this is where like i feel bad but like honestly people in the 1800s were so dumb like if you, <laughs> remember we were talking about jack the ripper Mm-hmm. And, like, at some points I got frustrated because I feel like they could have, like, done a little better, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. Anyway, same idea. You know, a lot of um, citizen vigilante groups uh, mm-hmm. not really using constables or, you know, like, uh, law enforcement. Like, 
citizens taking it mm-hmm. upon themselves to fix the issue, which is never oh, good. Um, God. So, yeah, just a lot of that. So that's probably why they didn't realize, you know, or thought that it was a real person. Also, people were really so superstitious weird. back then. So I feel like... Yeah, but, like, I mean, I don't know. If the the thing is, like, actually touching you and, like, hurting you, then, like, it's probably a real person. It, <laughs> like I, I know. But I feel um, like if they, maybe he, like, powdered his face, like, with flour or something. Because he, <laughs> maybe. he was, like, all white. They didn't ever say, like, he looked like anything but a like a white-faced man and he had all white on so it was pretty terrifying if you ask me if like a psychopath with a flowered face (laughs) jumped out (laughs) or if it was flitting across the field (laughs) with a dunce cap on like that's absolutely terrifying that's terrifying that's like the local crackhead like (laughs) running around oh my god yeah um (laughs) anyways so um the villagers believed the ghost was of a man who committed suicide a year prior, you know, to these happenings by mm-hmm. slitting his own throat in the uh, churchyard of St. Paul's. Oh. So that was good. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> and the ghost originated uh, from the graveyard of St. Paul's, which was surrounded by dirt fields. Um where he was flitting across <laughs> like a little fairy a little yeah. murderous fairy that's like flitting is not a very terror like it's not a very scary word. i know i just love it how that's like the original quote like that's what they saw just yeah, like him like, frolicking in the dirt field. yeah um <laughs> the ghost instilled fear obviously um and mm-hmm. a number of people claimed to be attacked by the hammersmith ghost Two women, one elderly and one pregnant, were seized by the ghost. I don't really know what that means, but... Seized? I'm assuming, Mm. like, he held them in a corner or, like, he was, you know, like, hands on them. Like, obviously not letting them move or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, While walking near the churchyard... They were so scared that both of them died from shock a few days later. What? Yeah. No way. I don't know if that's a... Like, was that a thing back then? Because remember the Huska Castle? Like, I I think sometimes people do die from immense, like, psychological yeah. trauma, meaning, like, intense fear. I feel like yeah. sometimes your heart could stop because of that. But I don't. I'm not sure yeah. days later. But the same thing... Yeah. Was the Huska Castle. He died days later, and they think it was because he got so scared, remember? Yeah. I mean, maybe, be, maybe like, in the moment, they, like, like you said, maybe something with their heart or something gives them, like, a heart attack or something like that. Yeah. And then it's just, like, a few days for, like, more, like, repercussions from that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, like... I don't actually I don't know we should look up like either. if that's a how thing. do you die from shock well like a shock yeah like I know a lot of people have died from like quote broken hearts but that's yeah just, just because they produce like oh okay so this could this could be similar the reason why people die from that is because 
they have so much stress, like their blood pressure goes up so high and they produce so many uh, stress hormones that it like, Mm. I don't know, I feel like that, that would happen if you were so scared, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially if you're pregnant and especially if you're old. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i feel like yeah maybe i could see that it's plausible a little bit but we should look it up to see if it's like actually a thing yeah and uh another uh happening was a brewer's servant named thomas groom testified um because this was all taken to court <laughs> um seriously yeah, yeah yeah oh my god i'll explain why um okay thomas groom testified that while walking with a companion one night, something arose from a tombstone and seized him by the throat. So he just grabbed him Whoa. by the throat. Um, and then, Jeez. quote, it's a, this is from Thomas, gave me a twist around and I saw nothing. I gave him <laughs> a bit of a push with me fist and felt something soft like a great coat. So this quote is like what you said like this is probably an actual human being just like wreaking havoc yeah. um mm-hmm. if it was a coat yeah like that i feel like they were thinking that it was that because um after that on december 29th so uh, almost a month later william girdler a night watchman saw the ghost um and gave it a quote gave it a chase the <laughs> apparition threw off its shroud and escaped but he could still see a body oh, running away that is still it's a it's a person yeah, it's a person <laughs> like rooting lives um so jesus after oh, yeah, that yeah. several citizens organized armed patrols so this is the vigilantes never ends well um mm-hmm. in hopes of catching the ghost and essentially what happens next is let me just quickly go here because it was a lot to write down. And I'll just mm-hmm. reference uh, the website. Um, okay. This is where I'll read direct quotes and we will list all of the sources uh, down below. So okay. uh, down below in the podcast description. description. So, um, all right. This is where it starts. At the corner of Beaver Lane, while making his rounds at around 10.30 p.m. on the 3rd of January, um, 1803, Girdler met one of the armed citizens patrolling the area. Actually, hang on. It says 1804. So fast forward a whole year. That was the last time that they saw. So, or actually not. He was still wreaking havoc and they could not catch him. For a whole year. Oh, my God. Um, Jeez. met, so the night watchman, met one of the armed citizens patrolling the area, 29-year-old um, excise officer Francis Smith. Armed with mm-hmm. a shotgun, Smith told Girdler he was going to look for the supposed ghost. Girdler agreed that he would join Smith after he had called the hour at 11 p.m. and that they would take the ghost, if possible, then they went their separate uh, ways. Just after 11 p.m., Smith encountered Thomas Millwood, a bricklayer who was wearing the normal white clothing of his trade, linen trousers, entirely white, washed very clean, 
a waistcoat of flannel, apparently new, very white, and an apron, which he wore around him. So he looks like the ghost. Um, yeah. Millwood had been heading home from a visit to his parents and sister who lived in Black Lion Lane. According to mm-hmm. Anne Millwood, um, the bricklayer's sister, immediately after seeing her brother off, she heard Smith challenge him saying, damn you, who are you and what are you? Damn you, I'll shoot you. After which what? Smith shot him in the left of the lower jaw and killed him. So, what? the vigilante freaking shot an innocent person because he was wearing white. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, and this is, like, the sad part. His sister was kept saying to him, like, you actually look like the... This is, like, months before. You need to, like, change yeah. after work because you look like the ghost. And what if they mistake yeah. you as the ghost? And he was like, nah, 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 it's fine. He's like, nah, they won't shoot yeah. me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I look nothing like the ghost. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wearing all white at all. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have a shroud on. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I feel so bad, though. <laughs> um, I know. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's fine. It says, after hearing the shot, Girdler and Smith's neighbor, one John Locke, together with jo- George Stowe, met Smith, who appeared very much agitated upon seeing Millwood's body. So Smith was, like, mad that he killed someone. He's pissed off. Yeah, Yeah, hello. The others advised Smith to return home. Meanwhile, a constable arrived at the scene and took Smith into custody. Millwood's corpse was carried to an inn where a surgeon, Mr. Flower, examined the body on January 6th and pronounced death to be the result of a gunshot wound in the left side of the lower jaw with a small shot about size number four, one of which had penetrated the vertebrae of the neck and injured the spine. So, damn rough shot. Um, That sucks. So, Francis Smith is arrested, obviously, because he decided to shoot someone. Smith was tried for willful murder, The deceased Mm -hmm. wife, Mrs. Fulbrook, stated that she had warned him to cover his white clothing with a great coat as he already was mistaken for the ghost on a previous occasion. Okay, so someone Mm. had already thought he was the ghost. Yeah. God damn it. Why didn't he learn from that one? Anyways. I know. (laughs) On Saturday evening, he and I, this is a quote from her. On Saturday evening, he and I were at home, for he lived with me. He said he had frightened two ladies and a gentleman who were coming along the terrace in a carriage. For that man said he dared to say there goes the ghost, that he uh, was no more a ghost than he was, and asked him, using a bad word, did he want a punch of the head? I begged him Hmm. to change his dress. So he, so I think that the villagers were obviously exaggerating because they were startled by him, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. And then, you know, how things snowball with legends. It just keeps getting more exaggerated and more exaggerated, and then you end up with this, like, terrifying monster. Um, Yeah. And then it says, Thomas says, I, as there is a piece of work about the ghost and your clothes look white, pray do put on the great coat that you may not run any danger. So that's by his wife. Um, Millwood's Mm. sister 
testified although Smith had called on her brother to stop, he would shoot. That's not what happened. Um, Mm. Smith fired the gun almost immediately, despite a number of declarations of Smith's good character. Mm -hmm. The chief judge, Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald MacDonald, (laughs) advised the jury that malice was not required of murder, merely an intent to kill. Which is true. Like, if you're just trying to kill someone. Yeah, and yeah. And not be mean about it, I guess. <laughs> like, you're still yeah. a murderer. Well, he was doing it out of fear, I think. He was doing it, like, trying to be a not... good citizen. Yeah, and, like, yeah. trying to stop a menace, I guess. Um, yeah. Which may not be true, because I think the two women and the other guy that he startled definitely exaggerated. Um, yeah. He says, uh... The judge said, I should betray my duty and injure the public security if I did not persist in asserting that this is a clear case of murder. In the facts, he proved to your satisfaction all killing whatever amounts of murder, unless justified by the law or in self-defense, in cases of some involuntary acts or some sufficiently violent provocation, it come it becomes manslaughter. None of these circumstances occur here. And it says, Mm. the Lord Chief Baron observed that Smith had neither acted in self-defense nor shot Millwood by accident. He had not provoked by the supposed apparition, nor had he attempted to apprehend it. Uh, Millwood had not committed any offense to justify being shot. And even if the supposed ghost had been shot, it would not have been acceptable as frightening people while pretending to be a ghost was not a serious felony. Uh, but a yeah, far less... that is so true. Yeah, so this guy's very, like, I, I like the judge. He's he's on point. Yeah, um, he's very smart. And then he says, but a far less serious misdemeanor, meriting only a small fine, meaning the whoever the ghost was. Um, the judge closed his remarks by reminding the jury that the previous good character of the accused meant nothing in this case donald directed the jury to find the accused guilty of murder if they believed the facts presented by the witnesses after considering it for an hour the jury returned a verdict of manslaughter mcdonald informed the uh informed the jury that the court could not receive such a verdict and that they must either find smith guilty of murder or acquit him that Smith believed Millwood was a ghost was irrelevant. Um, so I like the judge so much. He's like, yeah, no, that's, I don't accept that. Um, yeah, I will not accept. <laughs> um, and then it says the jury had returned with a verdict of guilty after passing the Good. customary sentence of death. Okay. Um, McDonald yeah. said that he intended to report the case to the king, who had the power to commute the sentence. The initial sentence mm-hmm. of hanging and dissection was commuted to a year's hard labor. Okay, so <laughs> he wasn't going to be hanged and dissected. What? He's just going to do a year of hard labor. Um, what the fuck kind of sentence is that? Yeah, so fucked for killing someone. A year of hard labor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> I guess back then, they either, it was either you got, like, they hang, hung, hung hanged? They, yes, okay, so they either hanged you, or, Dice. like, I, I thought that they would either hang you, or you would go to prison, not get 
hard labor yeah for a year that's it i feel yeah exactly i feel like that's the equivalent to like community service like yeah. oh you killed someone that's okay depends just on what pick they up had trash. to do i guess oh that's true yeah i feel like who knows what hard labor means <sighs> maybe, maybe like they had to like, building like doing construction like around yeah you know for the king or something or like or just maybe for, they were the ones doing the dissecting ew gross Um, And then it says, the huge publicity given to the case persuaded the true culprit to come forward. John Graham, an elderly shoemaker who had been pretending. Wait, 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 wait. So he's the ghost? Yes. John, what does it say? John Graham is the ghost. He came forward because he was like, damn, (laughs) someone died over this. (laughs) Yeah, right? And it says he was an elderly shoemaker had been pretending to be a ghost by using a white sheet to frighten his apprentice who had been scaring Graham's children with ghost stories. There is no oh. record of Graham ever being punished. Um, so that's... So it was a guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Oh, it, Graham. <laughs> I'm like, this is like so chaotic. And then it says... yeah. Uh, apparently, like, the case was so, um, what's the word? Abnormal that it ha- mm-hmm. ac- had, like, an actual effect on UK law. So I guess there's, like, a clause due to the Hammersmith uh, for manslaughter versus murder or something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, a pretty big case that ended up changing like the actual law of the land which i thought was so what now that if you kill someone because you think they're a ghost you don't have to go to jail yeah because it was like an <laughs> issue of like hysteria and then technically self-defense or because i guess back then like yeah, you had the right to um organize vigilantes you can like and to be armed, like that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I guess maybe they had to put that in place for that reason because they were still going to let the citizens organize to do that shit. Um, so they had to like put clauses here and there so that something like this wouldn't happen again. Or like people knew mm. that if you're gonna shoot or if you're gonna like you know use a gun. Then you have to mm-hmm. be prepared for, like, it has to be a certain cause. Like, you can't just be like, oh, shit, there it is, and, like, shoot it, you know? Like, you have yeah, to act yeah. with some logic. Yeah. But, yeah, it was also because th- it was appealed by the king, or, like, it was mm-hmm. a, obviously a huge, like, lesser sentence. Um, people didn't really yeah. agree with that. Like, the public didn't agree with that, and, like, the family was fighting for it, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was just a big, uh, poop, a big poop pile. (laughs) That's what that was. Yeah. Um, I agree. It was a big poop pile. So after, of years after, in 1866, there was another sighting of the Hammersmith ghost. Um, so people were like, oh, fuck. (laughs) But also, (laughs) like, it was so far that now people were thinking that it was some it was something else that was actually happening mm-hmm. um or i'm sorry i said uh 66 i meant 
1826. I'm sorry. It looked like a six. 1826. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 1826. Sorry about that. So like that. 20 years later. Yes. 20-ish years yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's a big, that's okay. it's a big mistake. Um, so <laughs> uh, the public was like, I don't think it's a Hammersmith ghost because that was like, obviously someone came forward and was an actual human. Um, yeah. People are now thinking that it's this apparition or demon that runs around London and the outlying uh, areas called Springheeled Jack. And the hmm. first sighting of Springheeled Jack was obviously in 1826 um, in Hammersmith, but also there was another sighting in the same year in Northampton. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, a ghost frolicking or flitting in a dark field. It was this jumping man so this man who could jump so high that he would jump over buildings and people were like what "What the fuck is it a prank is he like creepy it's really creepy it just gets more creepy Uh. Uh, a woman claimed to be attacked by a shrouded figure with claws that would that ripped all of her clothes off like it slashed her so that her clothes were ripped off Oh my God. And then in January of 1838, there were so many happenings between, you know, 1826 and 1838 that the mayor had mm-hmm. to get involved um, of London. Mm-hmm. And he named this uh, figure a supernatural attacker. Like, it's actually in no the way. news thing. Like, they recognized it as, like, the supernatural being, which I thought was really <gasps> That's interesting. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but it's not, It's it gets more terrifying. So this is oh. also where it was just too much to, it was too much. So I found this <laughs> okay. little concise uh, snippet that does mm-hmm. a better job of explaining it than I do. It's on bbc.co.uk and it's Legacies and Myths of London. Mm-hmm. Or not London, just in the general area. But it says, the black country of the 19th century was somewhat superstitious inward looking place so we already know this everybody is superstitious Mm -hmm. um some would say that it still is it was very easy for stories true or imagined to spread like wildfire and as in this case in a largely oral culture um to become Mm -hmm. embellished along the way so that makes sense it's like a game of telephone you know um yeah nor is it surprising to read of Springheeled Jack being seen on the roofs of pubs or churches. His image was certainly being employed by local preachers as a warning against the perils of drink. So it became this um, myth that uh, if you're drunk or something, like Jack is going to come for you, Springheeled Jack. He turned into mm. this like boogeyman kind of. Okay, yeah. However, such stories were not limited to the pulpit. Very rapidly, spring Heel Jack was added to the arsenal of a beleaguered parent or beleaguered of the beleaguered parent. I've never heard of that mm-hmm. word. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. Laboring to get their child to behave. So instead of uh, misbehaving drunk men, it turned into misbehaving children. In short... Jack oh. was recruited to the company of the boogeyman. So he was, you know, uh, now a child lore that was very terrifying. Um, such characters oh. black up, or sorry, such characters pop up throughout European folklore 
um, from Romo, Nero, the black man in Italy, to Wee Willy Winky in Scotland, and their kinderfresser in Germany. They punished, um, you know, misbehaving children by nipping their toes or stealing their presents, or in moments of parental desperation, removing them entirely. Um, mm. Springheeled Jack has, uh, as unleashed by harassed parent against troublesome offspring, had a particular vindictive trick. He would leap up at the bedroom window to stare at the child in its bed. So that's what he would do. Ew, that's so I don't like that. scary. I hate that. Yeah, I don't like that. That's like... Wait, but like, so mm-hmm. what happened to like the actual... Spring-heeled Jack, like, did they just stop having sightings of him? So, yeah, no, 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 like, they, people would always see him jumping from, like, 1826 to 1838, and then that's when, like, he became so established because the mayor started to recognize him, and they were, like, putting out warnings everywhere, like, if you're drinking late at night, or if you're going out late at night, um, just be careful of Spring-heeled Jack, or, but then, as it said, it was, like, uh, an oral culture, meaning like they pass down these uh, urban legends from mouth or it's word of mouth. It kind of transformed from like supernatural attacker to like the demon of London, then down to um, the boogeyman, I guess, for children. Mm. So that's where it's okay. ending, I guess. Um, that makes sense. And then it says, as such, Spring Heel Jack has still not entirely deserted the region. So they still talk about him today because this was written in 2015. Mm -hmm. Though his appearances are now only part of an agreed code of behavior between mother and child. So imagine your mom saying, Spring-Heeled Jack is going to visit you tonight if you don't behave. Ew. Gross. (laughs) I know. so scary. I think that's like way more terrifying than Krampus yeah. like stealing your presence or stealing uh, you. I think so too. Right? That's like way more. It reminds me of Salem's Lot. It's just creepy. When like they would the vampires would like knock on the uh, on the windows you know or like scratch Ugh. at the windows. Yeah. I don't like that. No. Um, that's terrifying. It says older black country residents still recall being threatened by with an appearance by Jack if they failed to go to bed on time, the last publicly testified sighting that reached the newspapers was in September 1904 when the newspapers reported a figure seen jumping over a building in William Henry Street. And that's it. That was the last sighting in 1904. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. But I thought this was really interesting. I love learning about like urban legends and like boogeyman and mm-hmm. and things like that and yeah i thought the hammersmith ghost was uh very interesting because it just ended up turning into this chaotic run-in with the law yeah i was gonna say i really like that one because it it's like you actually find out like what happens because like somebody comes forward and it's like that was me yeah like there's like it's cool that like it had an ending and like it was actually just a real person yeah i agree (laughs) the only thing that like kind of upsets me is the fact that the guy came forward but it only Mm -hmm. said that he was scaring his apprentice so why was he yeah what about those other people i was gonna say like 
if that's true, why was he, like, why did other people see him? I feel like if it was just his apprentice, like, I don't know. I feel like possibly. Well, yeah. And, and like, why was he attacking (laughs) pregnant women? I don't think he was. Like, I think, like, the women were just, like, I think the mentioning of them dying is complete Mm -hmm. bullshit. I don't think they died. Um, And I think it was just to, like, amp up the organized vigilantes like oh he killed two women like the women yeah our wives are scared to walk in the churchyard like i feel like it was just a, a big ploy to um catch that guy and it was just like overly exaggerated so that people would like take it seriously if that makes sense yeah that makes sense so i hate that though i feel bad for the guy yeah. who got shot <laughs> i know but, I mean, he was told multiple times not to wear those clothes out. I know. So, they never want to listen to I mean, to not that wives. it's his fault, but, like, you know, he should have just listened. I know. To, Just to, like, an know? easy fix. Or, actually, I don't yeah. know. That guy, the guy with the gun, I feel like he was, like, way too happy to shoot someone. I feel like yeah, he was, no, like, waiting to use that, you know? Yeah. He was like, I can't wait to see anyone dressed in white so I can shoot them. <laughs> yeah he literally had like a savior complex where he was just like i'm gonna save everyone in this town i'm gonna shoot yeah. the ghost i'm gonna get the ghost or something you know because yeah the actual watchmen oh, yeah. left and he was like all right don't do it do anything until i meet you back here at 12 and then he's like all right gotcha i'm gonna shoot someone now yeah no one's watching <laughs> me so fucked up Ugh. but good story yeah it is fucked up definitely a good story that was a great episode thank you guys for listening um if you have anything you want to add or suggest or you know of another cool like folktale something similar to that um send us an email at thewitching.podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time on the next episode of the witching